to You Get a Rose. I'm your host, Hannah W. And I'm your host, J.I. Diggs. And we're just so excited to be talking about the week that Victoria disappears from our screens and into our other screens like Instagram and TMZ and whatever else she pops up on. And really into the screens of our hearts. <laughs> Let's just hope she took home some good money because she certainly set herself up for quite the reputation after hey, this listen. whole thing. She went out with a bang. Truly. I said, go off then, my guy. She just... Go off. She just totally told off Matt at the end in a way that she made did. no sense. It didn't make sense. Um, it was completely disproportionate to, you know, her level of relationship with him. Yeah, or to his reaction, which was like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, but still, I was like, you would not be you unless you bid farewell the way that she With did. your arms crossed, unwilling to hug him goodbye. Um... <laughs> Okay, before we even talk about the, the the demise of Anna and Victoria, I have to redact something from last week, which is that I thought Ryan went home because we never saw her. She didn't have her name called during the rose ceremony, and you didn't see her leave at the end. But it turns out she is like a like a very important part of this episode, <laughs> and she's certainly well, still there. You and I are coming to this realization at the same time. She's she seems great too. I don't really know why we saw no zero point zero seconds of her last week, but she seems like a totally normal, reasonable person, and she's beautiful. And I, <laughs> I was shocked yeah. to see her there. Yeah, and she figured out how to get her airtime. Oh yes, she did. She found her way in. You know what she did? So. She pulled the she she decided to use the tool that all of the white women have been using on the show, which is cry to Matt. Mm-hmm. And if you cry, mm-hmm. he will fawn over you. And I'm not saying that she did a bad thing. I'm saying that, like, she no. found the tool and she worked it. He will come to your rescue. He will try to save you. He will try to save you and, and fix the relationship, even if he's not invested in any way. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, okay, let's start by talking about um, the beginning of the episode. We see all the women are weirdly like paired off going for a walk in Nemecolon. What the heck is that? I don't know what was going on. I, I just feel like it was completely set up the way that they just happened to be talking about each other as they passed each other on their walk. I've just never seen people going for walks on this show, I realized. Like, did they force them to pair? I have so many questions about how they did this. Did they force them to pair off? Did they give them instructions about where to go? I mean, they were mic'd the whole time. They were on camera. It was, it just blew my mind. And also because of where we left off last week, which was during the middle of a date. And we just picked up, like, in the morning after. In the middle of a walk. Yeah. But we needed to be reminded of the beef between the old contestants and the new contestants. Right, right, right. So we had to do that and during this is their how one... how they're jogging our memories. Right. So we had to do that during their one hour allotted exercise time. <laughs> <laughs> Which for all of them is a light, brisk walk in the, in the breeze of Pennsylvania. Well, all talking about the same topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somehow. No one's like, so what college did you go to? like where did you grow up right um we also saw like through this we kind of got a preview of it last weekend last week but i think it was so overshadowed by anna and victoria but mj sucks Woo! she does mj she's a little manipulator she sucks. Like, I thought she was going to be so cool. And I think the only reason I thought she was cool is because her hair is cool. Because of her hair. Mm-hmm. And her style no, I fell, I fell cool. into that. I fell into that trap, too. Yeah. Well, you know, at the beginning, she didn't have a very abrasive demeanor. She seemed just kind of chill. Like she a was, regular person. Yeah, she did seem like one of the regular people. But I'm glad she showed her true colors. Right. Now night. I now I know. And honestly, she doesn't have any connection with Matt anyway, so I guess she might as well Mm-mm. make problems in the house. 
Um, so, okay, what? we go to the rose ceremony, and, like, before anything even starts, Matt was like, there is toxicity and bullying happening, and there's some rumors going on, and I liked what he said, okay? He said, if you have to belittle someone else for you to shine, I don't want Ooh. those qualities in my life. And I thought that that was really good, because I haven't heard Ed Bachelor ever really say that. Usually when yeah. they dip their toe in this drama pool, it is such a mess, and they can't handle it. But I actually thought Matt handled it exquisitely, considering mm-hmm. the situation that he's in. Yeah, just that one line makes it so the women don't have any wiggle room to um, justify their behavior. For right? sure. And you see them trying to justify it the whole time, and there's just no way. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Because nobody will ever claim or state that they're not Matt's type. Right. And he's saying, my type is the type of woman who doesn't engage in this type of criticism or bullying. Yeah. So you're right. It was a very concise way to um, get at his point and make sure that the women couldn't weasel their way out of explaining their behavior. Agreed. For all of the critiques I have of Matt, which I have many... This yeah. is not one of them. He started to, again, I, this, every season this happens to me. I go through this big up and down with the lead where one episode I'm like, I hate them. I hate everything yeah. they stand for. And then the next episode I'm like, I just want them to be happy. And then the next episode I'm like, <laughs> I love that person. I want them to find joy. And now I'm kind of like, Matt's growing on me a little bit. I think he falls into some serious traps of wanting to mm-hmm. save a woman. And I think that will come to haunt him. But in this episode... I, we also got to see him, like, put a firm foot down in a way that was actually he very did. respectful of the women who were experiencing the pain. And still somehow pretty respectful of the women who were pieces of garbage. Yeah. He did console. I mean, if we're going to get into how he pulled Anna aside. Let's get into it. Okay. Um, so, first of all, let's just start with Anna's reaction to this whole situation. <laughs> When she realizes she's about to be called out, yep. she loses her stuff. She just all out panics, right? <laughs> and so you can see the gears turning and Matt sits her down and he's like, listen, I've heard X, Y, and Z has been going on and it sounds like you're the source of some of this. What do you have to say for yourself? And I loved watching this cycle of... A, self-depreciation. So that's the first, that was the first strategy, right? Right. Because she was like, no, first, actually, first it's, I can't believe I'm engaged in this. This is not me. Right. This is not my character. Exactly. This is not in my character. I don't know how I ended up in this situation, which I feel like people always say when they do something that they're embarrassed by. Yes. But it's like, you know, it is. You did do that. And it's okay, but you have to first recognize that this is part of your character. This is how you responded to the situation. Yes. And also, we, we have you on tape. And then, after she did that, she tried to shift the blame to Brittany. She was like, well, before all this started, I got all these texts warning me about her. So, like, kind of what was I supposed to do? I yeah. went too far, but but it was based in truth. And it's like, okay, buddy, quit yeah. this. Quit this whole thing. You need to apologize straight out. Yeah, and it wasn't even necessarily shifting her blame to Brittany in that statement, but it was shifting the blame elsewhere. Yeah. Right? It was absolving herself of personal responsibility. It's like, well, you know... Let talk to my friends back home who sent me all those texts. Yeah, and reminding him on the way out the door that actually Brittany is different than he thinks, mm-hmm. which is like okay, that's not really what the point of this conversation should be. I but honestly I, think she was only upset because she got caught. She like did not feel bad oh, until she got caught. Heck yes, because <laughs> she even said the guy I have given up my life for has a bad opinion of me. Yes. Oh, I made and a mistake. She's cry- when she started to cry, I was so mad because I'm just like, you did this to somebody. Yeah. If you're crying, it's because you're embarrassed. Instead of what she was saying, like, I just feel so bad. I feel so sad. It's like, no, you don't feel sad. You feel stupid. And you don't get you- to cry right now because it's not fair to Brittany. It's not fair yeah. to Matt. Nobody should have to console you. It Once again, right. it's like another white woman weaponizing her tears. It's making me, as a white woman, 
mm-hmm. be even more reflective on that. Like mm. the you know for for my just my own personal journey of like understanding my whiteness and privilege. Like yeah, understanding the white woman tears phenomenon is like mm-hmm. something I've been really thinking about just in the last couple of years and thinking about yeah. oh, times when that's happened when I've used my tears or even unknowingly uses them as a weapon. Right. And now it's like I can't stop seeing it everywhere. Yeah, you see it everywhere. Yeah. Definitely. One of the places where I would see it a lot is with white educators, you know, educators who are white women. Uh And it wasn't always, like, weaponizing their tears, although sometimes that would be done um, in order to convince somebody in power if it was a conflict between a teacher and a student. Yeah. You know, a white woman would start to cry to yeah. convince somebody in power just how victimized they were by the situation. Yeah. But it was also the tears also came a lot um, when it came to showing allyship. Mm-hmm. Like white women would cry in or and this is just me like thinking about this right now, what this all meant. But it was almost a way to show how deep their allyship ran. Mm-hmm. I'm so pained. By what my students are pained by. By their pain, yeah. Even though the students aren't crying, you know? Yep. So anyways, yeah, it's a whole thing. It is a whole um, thing. It's interesting. Certainly something that white, like it's, it's something I think that white women have developed as a tool, as a tool of self-defense, as a tool of, um trying to navigate dealing with white men that Mm. is being, like, used and misused against people of color, Mm -hmm. but other Mm -hmm. women, just other white women, like, just other people generally. And now it's just socialized behavior, and it's like, oh, no! Where did we all learn that? It's real bad. Like, if I just cry, they'll feel bad enough for me that people will stop being mad at me about it. People will stop being mad at me about it. People will come to my rescue. Um, I will gain credibility. Yep. You know, think about cases like Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and the way that white women have used their cries of distress, you know, to have black folks murdered. Right. Right. And straight like, up. We're we're not saying that's what Anna is trying to do to Brittany, right? Okay, like now I realize we're talking about reality TV when I say Anna and Brittany. <laughs> it's like wow, but like it's what so else? funny because as I was saying that, <laughs> I was watching your eyes and I was like, oh, we got off track. <laughs> no, oh, we got like, off track. What a powerful sentiment to then have to try to apply to Brittany and Anna feels so like paper no. thin. <laughs> no, right. Well, there is one more point I want to make about yes, Anna and her, her different strategies to, like, stay in the game with Matt. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we saw the tears, we saw the shifting of blame, and then we saw, like, major self-depreciation, right? Yes. And it was like she was grasping at branches, and it was like, oh, the tears didn't work, the branch fell, you know? Yeah. And then she, like, grabbed at the shifting of the blame, that one didn't work. So then she went for self-depreciation, and she just said, I... I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was just, I'm a horrible person. I can't believe I did this. And in that moment, it was like, save me, Matt, from myself. It's guilt tripping. I hate to say this, but that is something parents often do for their kids, you know? Like, oh, I'm just such a bad parent. That's why you're mad at me. And then then what are you you're supposed to go, no, you're not. I love that. That's right. So he's supposed to be like, and which he did. He was like, you're not a bad person. But I think he, what he said in the end was really important. He said, but you need to take responsibility for what you did. And th- taking that responsibility means that you have to go home. And that's I think right. that that's like, I mean, he's, I don't know how he kept his cool during all of that, but he really did. Like she used every tool she could think of that normally a bachelor would just melt to and be like, oh, I'll just let the women work it out. But instead he was like, okay, you're sad. You're embarrassed. You're frustrated. Yeah. You, you feel bad about yourself. And none of those are the consequences I need you to experience, which is you need to go home. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And 
it's clearly a huge turnoff for him. Like this was a real legitimate turnoff to for him. Sure. Yeah, he, felt, you, he was pretty repulsed by the whole thing. He was, and you, and that's how I, I think that's how he was able to keep his calm. It was almost as if he had anticipated all of those moves that she made. Yeah, and he sat with her, and he, you know comforted her as she went through all of them and then he said hey like i've been there you know i've made mistakes like this before too i don't blame you i'm not looking at you like you're a bad person but you still gotta go like you're not the one for me yeah right right like i'm gonna forget about this as soon as you leave but you do need to leave yeah uh, it was so funny when he walked her out just through all of the women. Like, he just walked, he had to walk her past that I room of women. loved that. She did seem to take a little more responsibility in the limo. Like, when she was on mm. her own, I, I was like, okay, I see that she's now, she went through her, like, seven stages of grief really quickly. Like, denial, yeah. anger, all of it. She went through all of it right in front of him. Yeah. And then in the limo, she was like, I, I made a, such a huge mistake. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't like want to be with me because I'm I'm a person he doesn't want to be with because of what I did and I need to yeah. figure that out. That yeah. was good and I I think I'm guessing when we see on the, the women tell all that she will apologize. You think so? I think so. I can see yeah because I, someone like Anna like she is not I hate to say this I don't know her but I don't think she's a leader she's a follower right. Mm-hmm. Whereas Victoria she is so psychotic like she's so egotistical narcissist that she. She creates the environment, and people like Anna just live in the environment. If mm. we had somebody who was a more positive force, who was, like, there for fun, I think Anna would be with them, being fun. But mm. she's, I think she's the kind of person who gets really caught up in the feeling of, like, it's kind of exhilarating to be a mean girl. It's kind of exhilarating to be to think you're better than other people. And so she's, like, getting caught up in this Victoria stuff and being like, ah, this is fun. And yeah. then she saw herself and was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Well, you know what? I I don't give Anna as much credit as you are. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, she said on her way home, where she was in the limo, one dumb decision could take you down. And I think, yes, you made one dumb decision, but it spoke a lot to your character And I hear what you're saying, you know, as far as she kind of just got caught up in this current of mean girlness. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, we know a lot of people who have personalities that, you know, tend to follow the crowd or go with the flow. I would consider myself one of those people and I wouldn't get caught up in something like this. Oh, no, you're not one of the people I'm talking about. Well, you know what I mean? (laughs) No, I know. No, I I understand that. But I'm just saying, I think... I think what she did spoke more to her character than she or maybe the larger Bachelor audience is willing to acknowledge. Right. No, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I think she's super impressionable, and that's mm. not a good thing to be as an adult. Yeah. Like, yeah. being adaptable, like, I think you're just adaptable. You can go with the flow. You can feel the room. You're an empath. You'll just go with whatever the vibe of the room is, and you'll make that vibe work for you i'm talking about somebody who is so insecure in who they are that they just do whatever is the dominant feeling and victoria was a dominant feeling so she was like i'll do that it's it picks me up i'm a sidekick right and it it can also be a way way out of that for sure it can also be a way to not become a target in those situations too that's true that is true that is true so then like all the women are doing this little dance after she leaves, where they're all trying to kind of cover their tracks. Oh yes, that was best so part of the show. Funny. I'm clapping. I loved it, and like all, and watching the new women, Ryan, Catalina, and and Ser- and Serena, who's not new, but mm-hmm. being but being like this is fake, and now all of a sudden they have apologies, and they've had 24 hours, 48 hours to apologize to us, and they haven't. Yeah. Like it's pretty obvious that they don't mean it. I mean, the multiple apology tours were the best part of this episode. I wrote in my notes, everybody apologized because they are afraid of being dumped. Yep. And that sums up that entire scene. Yeah, it was like a game of ping pong. 
Mm-hmm. And they're just bouncing around the room. I love the camera work. I love the editing. I thought it was fantastic. Well, I'm <laughs> sorry. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sorry. Seeing, like, Catalina's face, like, I don't think so. Like, what? <laughs> Victoria apologizing for pulling the crown off her head, and it's like, what? No way. That action was, like, uns. I mean, that was unforgivable. Like, that moment, <sighs> she really got inside of her space and totally... Like, she really did. <laughs> Ooh. It was... It was wrong, but I was waiting for that apology. I was yes. like, and Victoria's up in three, two, two, one. Yeah, and Victoria then, so then Ryan tells on Victoria, and I actually thought, first of all, who uses the phrase, like, she's a hoe anymore? I haven't heard that since I was in high school. I mean, I know certain circles that use that phrase, right? but this is not... This should not be it. No, and like I think the phrase for some reason, just the term "ho" is very loaded as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, this isn't the first time when Victoria's used it. Right. She's called women the B word. She's yep. called women hoes. Um, and they're just they're letting that go. Yeah. So. Yep. I'm glad that Ryan said something. Um, and that she just called her out right away. And, like, yeah. when she told Victoria that, like, I, she did. She just said, this is what I said. And Victoria was like, I'm always playful, not malicious. Like, what is she Donald Trump? Like, what is she thinking? <laughs> because I feel like she just speaks like he does. She talks in these, like, that she's the best in the world, that everyone's a loser, that, like, she's <laughs> the most important. Like, she's exactly, like, Trumpian. Yeah, she's... She's very Trump-esque yes. in the way that she handles situations and speaks about the other women. The way I think she, she was said, like, I'm being bullied for, like, being a bully is, like, so funny I loved it. Um, I have a few quotes of Victoria's from that. Okay, I'm, I would love to hear them. From that segment. Um, okay, one of them was, you know, there's things that I can work on. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Things. Um, another was also Katie's a loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my favorite was if Matt dumps me tonight, I will literally die. I know. She kept saying literally over and over and over again. And I was like, literally. <laughs> and she really put emphasis on the T, right? Yeah, literally. Literally. It made me be like, do I use that word out of context? I should really fix that. I also like that another Matt, another great Matt moment when she was like, that was taken so out of context. And he was like, in what context would it be appropriate to call somebody a hoe? And she just like twirled her hair because she had nothing to say. Silence. There is no context where that's appropriate. I mean, he knew how to handle. He, you're right. He did a great job. Of not let, giving the women any wiggle room. I mean, he wouldn't even let Anna or Victoria hug him at the end. Like, w- Victoria was had the opportunity when she walked out. But, like, when he was conversing with her about this scenario, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't, like, make her feel better. He just said, you shouldn't have done that. And I need to think yeah. about this. And I'm sure for him, honestly, that moment when he was like, I need to think about it. If it was anybody else, he would have sent her home. But I think he had to go consult with the producers. I think so too. Because I was they thinking hired the same her thing. however long ago to participate in the show. <laughs> Honestly, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, they have to go through a whole rose ceremony right, now right. to and get rid they, of her. I'm sure the producers were like, all right, it's been five weeks. She can go. You are allowed to let her go. <laughs> um, let's talk about my the thing that I can't let go, which is Victoria's okay. bra situation. Let's Once talk again, about it. It is back. Once again in this episode, we see her entire bra from the back. Mm-hmm. In a dress that I think had its own built-in support. So I was so confused. And she was wearing, like, it had slits, like, practically to the waist. Yeah. On both sides. Mm-hmm. But the it was a bra, and it was sort of white. It was sort of white, but looked dirty. I was so fixated on it. Because of the places where it stuck out were just so unappealing. Why doesn't anybody tell her? I mean, could you imagine telling her something? Oh, right. And they don't like her, so they're like... Oh, I guess it's like if you have something on your face, but nobody likes you enough to tell you to take it off, and you just have it on your right. face all the time. She would probably just be like, uh, you're a loser. Yeah, first of all, it's because my breasts are enormous, and like they need to be restrained because they're so big and so sharp. 
I mean, you've paid a lot more attention to Victoria's wardrobe throughout the season than I have. It's all, I'm just so fixated. I know. I know. I I don't have words. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not irked by it in the way that you are. I'm not irked by Victoria in the ways that you are. Yeah, I know. I find her very entertaining. (laughs) Yes. And last night when she was on her way out, I, you know, I had my drink and I just cheers to her. Yeah. You poured one out. I cheers. I cheered. I cheers to her performance this season. We'll see her again. She'll be at the Women Tell All. I'm very excited for it. She's definitely. Well, I hope she's herself. in paradise. <gasps> you do okay. She's gonna be in paradise. I'm really sad about that, but she is. And we're gonna see you know somehow she she's gonna wear a bra under a swimsuit, and I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna text so you immediately. Please do. Um, okay, so then we actually get to see the rose ceremony. So yeah. the roses go to Brittany, Ryan, Rachel, Serena P, Maggie, Kit, MJ, Jasenia, Katie, Abigail, Chelsea, and Serena C. Victoria goes home with her like weird attempt at a one-liner. But then Katarina goes home. Poor Katarina, she was yeah. there for like one night. But yeah. Mari and Lauren went home. How do you feel about that? I was shocked that Mari went home because to mm-hmm. me she pulled out early as a lead. Like he loved yeah. her body. Yeah. He like seemed like they got along. Maybe she mm-hmm. was just too maybe they just were not at all vibing in the conversation, so we just didn't see it. But she just like yeah. unceremoniously disappeared. I know. It was like she got all this airtime and then she kinda of faded away. And yeah. she kinda of pop up back up a little bit, but not enough that would Cue us into you Her know, a around. budding relation. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. So that was surprising, but also I guess it was it was going to happen. Lauren, like, I'm sad about it because I like Lauren. I think she's really great. Hopefully she gets another shot. I don't know. She's so smart, and she's like an attorney. She probably doesn't need this show. She's too smart. She should just move on because she's too good for this stuff. Hopefully that she doesn't, like, end up in L.A. I just she hope she just continues to practice extremely heartbroken. Law. No, she was like, okay, bye. Good job. Good luck. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. Um, and then Victoria tells um, Matt she feels so sorry for him. And then says, so, goodbye. <laughs> and says, you listen to hearsay and not the facts. Which, like, is true, I guess. But we don't know what the facts are because it's not like they showed us. No. We didn't get to see the clip of her calling her Ryan a hoe, but I certainly believe it. I just feel like Victoria has a notebook full of cliche bachelor like punchlines and one-liners. Yes, that's true. And and on her way out, she used at least five of them. Yes, she did. Yeah. It's so good to say goodbye to her though, and the, the entire world was just cheering like goodbye yeah. Victoria. Now yeah. starts this so, so they keep doing this thing on this season where they're like marking time. Like, they explicitly told us this was the halfway point, which usually we're just totally left in the dark about what what time it is in the show. Yeah. So I also noticed that Chris Hansen... <laughs> Chris Harrison. I also realized that Chris Harrison was planting little seeds of anxiety for the women, which maybe he's he does that all the time, and I just, yeah. I just noticed it last night. But he was like... Again, you you know, as you mentioned, this is the halfway point and you're going to get less time. Good luck. Yep. He loves to do that. And, and then he he's kind very of good at it. He's very good at it. out of the room. Planning that self-doubt. And we saw it start to fester in a lot of the women, right? Um, yes. Like Chelsea, Abigail, even Michelle, who just got there and it even isn't the halfway point. Like, we just saw it start to fester in some of the women that realize they haven't gotten a, a one-on-one this far. And Piper, like, a bunch of the women are starting to kind of question themselves. Ooh, which makes Piper. sense. Who is Piper? No, I said, woo, Piper. Oh, yeah, I know. Piper, she got a little taste of the treat. She did. <laughs> she really she really piped up this week. Yeah, I'm hoping we see a one-on-one with her next week because I really like her so far. From what we've gotten to see. And it seems like she does have a vibe with Matt. I wonder if he's not... I wonder what's preventing them from going on a one-on-one. And why he would choose Kit over her. I can't quite figure that out. Kit seems very much like she's not going to win. No, she doesn't seem like she's going to win. Um, Before we talk about Kit, Piper has this interesting energy about her. 
It's yeah. almost as if she, she recites rom-com lines. Oh my, she's super young. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Like, do you notice the way, um, you know, they were on a date at one point or they were spending time together and she said something like, "I oh, it was during a group date, the evening of a group date. And she was like, you know, I just don't, I normally don't like guys this quickly, but I just like you. I don't know. I just like you. <laughs> I mean, what am I to do? She al- She's always talking as if she's the main character in a yeah. rom-com. You know, well, I'm, that? Glad, I'm glad that she feels like the main character because she deserves it, you know? Yeah, you're right. Better than Anna, who's like clearly always the best friend in the rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> she's never been the main character in the rom-com. Um, okay, so yes, we're halfway through this show, and you know mm-hmm. what? We're halfway through our podcast right now, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. So then we get to see Rachel's one-on-one the next day. It was sort of like... Uh, I. Sort of like a finally situation because he's so clearly in love with Rachel. He's very taken by her. He loves her body and face. Um, yes, and he does. I think he likes her vibe. And I get it because for all the things that we know about Rachel put aside, mm-hmm. if just as a viewer, I also like Rachel. Mm-hmm. She's She seems relatable. She seems like a normal kind of down-to-earth person. She is self-deprecating in a way that I find entertaining and humorous rather than um, trying to make me pity her, if that makes sense. Sure. Like when she talked about the weird pretty woman date that she went on not really being something that she's used to and feeling like out of her, out of her step. I could relate to that. I could relate to that. Yeah. Yes. And. And. And she's probably racist. So there we go. (laughs) Well, no, I mean... Well, well, because of that MAGA stuff we talked about a couple weeks ago. Well, yes. Mm -hmm. So, yes, she is probably racist. um, But like you said, as the viewer, from what we know of her just watching the show, um, you know, some of the ways that she, you know, talks about the way that this is a luxurious experience for her is endearing. And then there was also, you know, some of the things that she said during the date that were very off-putting to me. Yes, tell me more. Um, You know, just as she talked about who she is, what makes Rachel Rachel, Yeah. if you will, um, she told him that he was out of her league. She told him that she doesn't have a lot of confidence. She told him that she felt undeserving of it all. And... You know, I would just say, don't do this, people. Yeah. People, don't do this. Like, get close. Listen closely. Ladies, gentlemen, gender nonconforming individuals, do not do this thing where you tell the person you're interested in all of your emotional soft spots and weaknesses within, you know, the first two weeks right. of knowing them. Um, and we know Matt. He's very into that. He likes that. That's her oh, he showing vulnerability. It. He lapped it up like his mother's homemade chicken noodle soup. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that. So I'm really glad it ended up with chicken noodle soup. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, thought we were going down a breast milk territory. And I was like, I don't know. Uh no, you're right. She does that thing, and I don't like that either. To me, it's a big – as a, when I was 28, yeah. that's what I would expect from a 23-year-old. That's 100% yeah. what I would expect from a 23-year-old. Sure. That's what she gave us. And yeah. it's a big red flag. But I think Matt is in a similar place where he doesn't really feel like he deserves all this either. Mm. And he's never, he also says he's never fallen in love. She feels like she's never fallen in love. And then they're both mm. like, but I'm falling in love with you. And it's like, well, are you? Or is this are a you? disaster waiting to happen? Time will tell. 
They really you know, like each I, other. I think, I, I think, unfortunately, this is, I think we're seeing our winner here. What? I'm, I'm just, I hate to say it. I'm reading Matt's face and he does, has not reacted to anyone else like this. Well, I guess I shouldn't respond with that type of shock because as I think about how they were together and physically and the body language and everything, yes. I mean, they are clearly so into each other. Right. Um, and I also don't want to say that what Rachel's doing is wrong. It's okay to feel like somebody's out of our league, even though we should never feel like that. We do right. sometimes, right? Right. And sometimes we don't have a lot of confidence. We're not confident people and we grow into that, right? So I'm not saying that she shouldn't be the person that she is. I'm saying you don't divulge all that information with somebody no. who's looking to date you, who's interested in you. Date you know, one. Very soon. Yeah, in the relationship. And you could see him get all googly eyed. And maybe you're right. Maybe this is the beginning of some delicious trauma bonding yeah. that's going to turn into a long-term relationship. Yeah, it could be. You know, I also just, I hate this date, this pretty woman date. They do it almost every season where the bachelor takes one woman on a shopping spree and she gets to dress up and whatever keeps a bunch yeah. of clothes. It feels very patriarchal. It feels really crappy to me. And I know you said some a listener messaged you about yeah. this date being the kiss of death. And I do think often this date, because the lead get, knows what the dates are, right? And that week, mm-hmm. so they get to choose who goes on what. I do think this is an easy date to keep somebody at arm's length because they're physically mm-hmm. not interacting with you for most of the date. They're doing their own thing. Sure. So you can kind of like enjoy them without having to be near them. So yes. it could be a date that they might choose somebody who they feel less connected to. However, in this situation, I feel like it's not the kiss of death for Rachel Hmm. because somehow she's overcoming that, this being the standard date you give to someone you're not interested in, because he clearly is interested in in her. Yeah. And he enjoyed watching her put those clothes on in a way I haven't seen before, which is like, he was like, ooh, I like like picturing what's underneath that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could see that, definitely. And he told her straight up, he is falling in love with her. Yes, he just said it out loud because he is not trained to be on the show. <laughs> he shouted it from the top of the mountaintop. Ooh. That's becoming more and more routine on the show, I'm noticing. For like a decade, they wouldn't say it until like the proposal. And now in the last few too. seasons, they're just like freely saying it to anybody who they feel it about. Like, Tasha said it to a few people. I know. Claire obviously did. About, mm-hmm. Peter said it to everyone. We don't have time to talk about Clara, do we? The Clarendale drama? We should have a special episode. Oh, my God. It would be such a long, annoying episode. But I absolutely agree. They broke up. We're not surprised, okay? I guess that's basically it. (laughs) We don't need a whole special episode to say that. They broke up. There's nothing shocking about it. Of course, Dale wanted to be famous. Of course, Claire's heart is broken. She's a Pisces. What was she expecting? The one. She went all in and he was like, okay, I guess, as long as it gets me in my fitness business. uh, So I guess I'm proposing then. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I don't feel bad for either of them in this scenario. Right. Uh, Okay, but back to the show. Rachel had her one-on-one. It went splendidly. I feel like she feels very confident after this, which she probably should. Then we see the world worst, the world's worst group date on the farm. Oh, I called that one the manure date. Yeah, they, we've seen a manure date before. I can't remember whose season had it last. I want to say Colton had a manure date mm. where they were shoveling crap. Um, and really, this was just another opportunity to remind the women that they weren't chosen yet for a one-on-one <laughs> and, and put them on this date with so many other people. I mean, there was one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve people on the state brutal and they had to just shovel manure embarrassing but you know who i loved farmer todd okay he was tell great. me more about what you i just about felt farmer like todd. he was like so i mean i know he's in pennsylvania but he was just like so much like any minnesotan farmer he was like hey there come on down i felt that too i was <laughs> like i know farmer todd he didn't put on an act for TV at all. He was just fully himself more than anyone else on the show currently. 
Farmer, um, Farmer Todd does seem like somebody we could know from where yeah, we grew up. for sure. Mm-hmm. So mostly on this date, we see, like, a lot of people crying, and then we see yeah. Matt really make out with Piper, which I was like, okay, Piper, <laughs> you deserve it. Who who went for that? Because she he was went doing in, her she interview. She was in, the, in their moment interview. He just went in there and started making Yeah, out and she's like, do you want to be part of my interview? Yeah. And he was like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty reassuring, right? Yeah. She loved it. I mean, she's Miss Rom-Com. So. I know. It's true. She was like, this is so romantic. That was the perfect scene for her. Yeah. So um, how about so then, MJ? Yeah, the cocktail party? Or no, no, MJ and the date? The way that MJ was acting with the chicken. She was being so weird. I don't get it. I don't. So the stuff that Jasenia is talking about, we're obviously not seeing a lot of it. What we yeah. see from MJ is that she's kind of a mean girl. And then mm-hmm. at the, on the date, she was acting like a scaredy cat kind of, so that maybe she would get reassurance from Matt. I don't know. But I yeah, think just was, what Jasenia is saying is like she's always putting on a show for somebody. I, I saw that big time. I'm not she like was, surprised that that is true. No, it was clearly a ploy to get Matt's attention and it worked. Yeah. Did it? A little bit. He checked in on her to make sure she was doing all right. Sure. That's true. That's true. Well, and when you have 18 people on a date, that's attention. That's true. No, you're right. You're right. So then we see, like, the cocktail party. He spends some time reassuring a few women who I was glad he reassured. Like, I'm glad he reassured Michelle. I'm glad he reassured Chelsea. I'm I'm almost sad that he reassured Abigail because I think he's leading her on in such a terrible way. And it's making me very upset. And she got this chance to tell us this, like, really... Mm-hmm. She's like this part of herself that I just feel like Matt does not has not earned from her. Woo! You know, can you she, say more about it? Yes, because so she says to him that she feels like she's going to disappoint him mm-hmm. because there's a high likelihood that if she had children, those children would be deaf, and that she felt like she was a disappointment because her and her sister, who are both deaf, their father left them. And she sort of implied that it was that was the reasons because they were too much work or whatever. He mm. did a good he does his Matt thing where he does a really good job of reassuring her and saying, like, I also know what it's like to grow up without a father. But I just feel like I they can't get over this hump and it's not gonna work out. And I I don't know. I wish he would like I don't know. Part of me wants her yeah. to stay longer so she can end up on paradise. And part mm. of me wants her to go home now because I just think she's too pure for this world. And he's mm. leading her on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with him leading her on. Um, I think that he is saying all the right things at this point when it comes to Abigail. Yeah. I, like you, appreciated... How do I put this? I mean, okay, first of all, my first reaction to her talking about kids was like, why are we talking about conceiving children on purpose at this point? Oh, because they're just rushing the whole process. You I know. know. Like, okay, so let's just wife. put that. Let's just put that aside. Put that aside, yeah. Secondly, you know, when she said, "My biggest fear is that I'll disappoint you," and then she talked about a legitimate fear. Uh, you know, this is an important yeah. conversation to have with somebody who you see a future with. Um, you know, she has this condition that can be inherited by her children. The only thing. I wish for her is that she wouldn't have framed it the way that she framed it. Yeah. In terms like, of disappointing yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. This you is know? what happens when we see so many younger women on a season. Okay. Yeah. I want to really note the difference here between last season and this season, which is that last mm. season we tended to have older men. And this season we're having a lot of very, very young women. Mm-hmm. And when we have very young women, we see a lot of, these insecurities about like um, needing reassurance about who they are. Whereas yeah. like Tasha never needed that reassurance about who she was. She never, ever needed that. And of course That's she was true. the lead, but most of the men on that, on that season also didn't need that kind of reassurance. Like at 23 20 to 26, like that is a very delicate range or 21 in, in Kit's case, where you just so desperately need to know that you're doing adult stuff. Okay. Yeah. And that you're like potentially, a good mate for someone you don't you mm-hmm. don't even know who you are yeah so yeah i feel like that's why we see that 
Yeah, I think that's a good analysis. I keep looking at these women's ages and I my jaw drops. I it's know. like 23. Right, and he's 28, so like why not give us some more women that are 27 to 29, 20, you know, 30 years old, but Maybe you know, you're likes... like an elder in the community if you're a 30-year-old woman. <laughs> exactly. You know, Katie's 29 and it's right. like And they're all treating her like she's the old bag. <laughs> anyway, so Abigail did get the rose that date. Well, I was happy about mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, Michelle and Chelsea were bummed, but it, it worked out just fine. Then let's talk about MJ and Jasenia later, but like, I just okay. want to quickly cover Kit. First of all, I was disappointed that Kit was chosen. Yeah. I feel like it was a – honestly, I felt like – I just – I was like, is this a producer move because she needs more screen time because they want to, like, appease her socialite self or her – I didn't get it. I was like – when have we seen them connect? We haven't. Like, why is she getting a one-on-one? I was so lost. I don't know. You don't think that it was something that Matt might have asked for? It could be. I just don't get it. Like, it just seemed really out of, it seemed really out of left field to me when he has so many other women left. Like, why didn't he take Chelsea out? Why didn't he take Abigail? Why didn't he sure. take, um, you know, some of the other women I feel like he's at least vibed with? Yeah. We talked early in the season about how Kit, at least to me, came across as kind of a budding villainess. Yeah. And she hasn't really grown into that role. No. And in fact, I think she softened up a little bit. Yeah. So maybe this was, you know, part of the plan when they thought that's who she might be. Yeah. It just seemed weird. And it might be that we just didn't see. I think what one thing that this season has fallen. Uh, fallen into is that we've seen so much drama from the women that we haven't seen anybody really connect with Matt outside of Rachel and then Michelle because we're not really shown much else no you're right I I'm trying to rack my brain thinking you know besides Sarah yeah yeah besides Sarah who else we've seen him have a strong connection with and it's really just Rachel and Michelle at this right, point. Right, So all the other thing is, like, Kit had a bunch of red flags. Again, being she's, like, too young for this thing. She said that she has never been able to be vulnerable before. And she's been out of touch with her emotions. But, like, suddenly she's felt more vulnerable in the last two weeks. To me, that's like a, okay, so now you're ready to date someone, but you're certainly not ready to marry me. She's 21. I write. She's 21. Why is she talking about her history of vulnerability as she if she's to, a 50-year-old woman? She needs to have fun and sow her wild oats. Like, she doesn't need to be, like, locking it down. Oh, my goodness. I'm I so mean, confused. And that's such a... If someone told me, like, imagine if a man told you on the first date, I've never been vulnerable before. I have a really hard time showing my emotions. I'd be like... You know what? I'm going to go ahead and call myself a cab because I'm a 33-year-old woman who knows what she wants and what she needs. And I don't have time to play around with someone not being able to just, like, tap into their emotions. Like, you know how hard that will be at home. You know the long-term consequences of that with somebody. So it's like, I'm not going to play this game from the very beginning. But he is like, okay, it's fine. I love you. I know. (laughs) It's basically how he responded. It's always a red flag, you're right, when somebody mentions on the show that they are experiencing. Okay, on one hand, they, for some reason, nobody's ever fallen in love this quickly. Nobody's ever had feelings like this this quickly. Like, everybody is experiencing this, like, fall face first in love within 20 minutes for the first time. Right. So that's always really interesting to me. Like, that's unique to the show. People love to erase their own history when they have a new relationship. I've never felt this way for someone before. It's like, no, you just learned how to distance yourself from the person that you used to feel that way about. So now you have turned off those feelings. You can't imagine what it was like to love them that way. But yes, you did. That's okay. You can also be out of love with someone else and fall in love. Right. Here you are again. Like, it's like weird love virginity. It's like, stop that. Mm -hmm. Experience is a benefit. And it, it's also, like you said, to convey to the person that you're interested in that you are special to me. Yeah. I have never felt this way about somebody before. You're the specialist. Yeah. You're the most mm-hmm. special. So <laughs> that, um, having said that about Kit, I just, 
you know, couldn't with her story about how she grew up in the spotlight. Uh, and God, she built up all of these walls over the years, being in the public eye. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> she was in someone's public eye. Okay, this is the thing. She's a New York socialite, right? Okay. So I get it. She's not A-list famous. But okay. New York socialites have their own weird world, like where her, I'm sure her first, like, boyfriend was on page six or whatever. Mm, I got Okay, you. that's just, that's not something you and I follow. It's not, she's not in People magazine, but mm-hmm. she's like, I'm sure in the world of New York social elites, she's been, you know, Fair. raised in private schools. She's always been like a superstar kiddo. You know, whatever. You get the point, right? So she, in her world, she's famous, even if All we right. don't know who she is. That's fair. I guess I can't judge her level of popularity. Right. But, like, you can judge the I fact that don't her know. whole sad story is just being famous. I was like, oh, my God, so hard to be you. Being famous and rich. So hard. And having a mom who's really talented and, and she's very close with. I'm like, oh, yes. okay, cool. So, but I don't I know. Just... I don't see Kit lasting, but whatever. Well, he told her it's so easy with, you know, he's told the interview, during the interview, he said, it's just so easy with Kit. Yeah. Okay. Is it easy with you, with everybody? I mean, right. But he falls in love with everybody. Yeah, that's the thing. He's like, I can get along with anybody. He does that thing where he just like immediately assimilates himself into any situation. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. like, but who is Matt? Who does Matt want? Because we did see some Matt standing up for himself in other areas this week. Yes. We got to see him be assertive. So, like, in a relationship, can he assert what he actually wants? Can he actually vibe out the thing he's looking for? Or is he just, like, trapped in, it's easy? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think for the lack of self-awareness that I feel like Matt has... I think he knows what I learned of him this week is that he knows who he is in terms of where he draws a line for how his partner treats other people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that he is now, I think he is somewhat aware of his weaknesses in the sense that he's looking for somebody who will time out. He recognizes that he's looking for somebody that's not going to stomp all over his weaknesses. That's what I'm trying to say, right? Like he sees in a Rachel that, okay, you know, I'm not very good at asserting myself in X, Y, and Z ways, but I don't think she's going to threaten that. Right. I think he sees that in Michelle as well. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I I will see if he's able to figure out how to cut some of the fat here because he just feels like so in love with like so many people, but whatever. Okay, we got to we got to touch on one last thing just for a couple minutes cuz I know the next week's episode is going to be really focused on this, but drama packed. MJ and Jasenia two on one, unexpected little two on one there. I'm full team Jasenia on this. Same. Okay. It's so obvious to me that MJ is, like, using... Now, so she's doing the other thing where she is, like, talking down to Jasenia and and trying to make her feel small and stupid. And MJ, she switched it up real quick. Yeah, she did. It was like, oh, who is this aggressive bully person? Right. And then she shows up to the two-on-one wearing this, like, 80s power suit dress with, like, her big hair stomping into the room. That whole thing where they both grabbed their bags at the same time and then went in the car together. I was like, this is so petty. This is when so they, petty. When they brought their suitcases, they rolled their suitcases out and I then know. made eye contact. It felt like we were about to do Family Feud. It like, did. they were about to put their hands on the buzzer and answer a question together. Technically, <laughs> oh, they are. so funny. It was so ridiculous. And, like... Jasenia is clearly like she's trying to bring it up and MJ is just being so mean and manipulative and mm-hmm. the way that I, I I don't like when people do this where they're like um it's over it's over we're done we're done this conversation is done when it's like first of all it's not done secondly you don't get to just call it that way and then you can't try to make me feel stupid for wanting to continue it when it's right. clearly not over right well that's 
now MJ's defense mechanism when she's backed into a corner. Yeah. Whenever Jasenia says, you did this, and MJ can't say, I did not do that, she just says the conversation is over. Right. That's exactly right. It's bad. And I think we're going to watch it play out poorly next week, so I can't wait for that. But Jasenia had the last word when she said... Matt will know the truth. That's that's right. Let's hope he does. I think he will sniff it out. I hope. Um, he's been he's got a good track record after this week. We We're also see, see we see next week that there's a preview of Heather showing up. And I know you asked me pre pod like who's Heather? What's the deal with Heather? So mm-hmm. Heather was on. Um. Uh, oh, what's it? Peter's season or Colton's season? It was Peter's season. Yes, she was on Peter's season. Oh, I think it was Colton season. I'm so sorry. She was on Colton season. And she was, her whole thing was never been kissed. Mm. She had her first kiss on the show with Colton. Since that time, she's become very close friends with Hannah B. She and Hannah B are buddy-buddy. They hang out. They're on social media together, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Matt James is also very close with Hannah B, and they quarantined together at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh. And I think, you know, that's really how Matt James became part of this whole Mm -hmm. franchise. And so uh, Matt, she really, you know, Hannah B really encouraged Matt to do the show. But you would assume that Heather would have had ample opportunity to get to know Matt during that time because she's friends with Hannah B. If she wanted to get to know Matt, she could have done it. Right. So, to me, it's like her showing up on the show is for one reason and one reason only, which is she wants more airtime. Hey, are we mad at her for that? I don't know. If I was Hannah B., I would be like, what are you doing? I don't get it. Then what do you think she would say? I am just want to be on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I have a hard time getting... Feelings of disappointment or anger. No, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be be thrilling. We also don't know why she's there. Okay, the previews have not shown us why she's there. She could be there to give him some advice. I don't know. Like we don't know. They could be editing to make it seem like it's something different than it is. And we know the editors have lied to us in the past so many times. I.e., Britney's situation. Yeah, so many times they've they've lied to us about the drama that's to come. You know, she's probably just there to drop off his dry cleaning or something. Yeah, yeah. She's like, he forgot this at his house and he wanted me to go pick it up. <laughs> so I guess we'll see what comes of it. I'm excited to watch. I, I will say I was I was riveted this episode. I loved what I saw. Matt okay. is a little bit off my crap list this week. He's moving okay. up in the rankings of my heart. All right. I'm still not fully on board with the way he is looking for a partner, but I am on board with the way he is asserting himself in those situations. So I'll say All that. All right. I'm still trying to, <laughs> I wish everybody could just see the way that you looked at me. Because it was like, <laughs> now it's your turn to say, to say nice things about Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of, I just looked back at her like, not blank, blank stare. <laughs> no, here's what I'll say about Matt. And it's not along the lines of what you want me to, but. I know, you're like, he's still going to end up with a white woman. It's going to be Rachel. <laughs> I mean, listen, I don't want to hear anything about who he brings to the final four saying anything about his character. Let me rephrase that. Who he chooses to bring to the end is irrelevant to me. The only thing that will tell us about Matt James is the person who he chooses to be his partner. Okay, so if he chooses three women of color that we adore and then one (laughs) red flags white woman... That says nothing about him because if he chooses her, it doesn't matter. All of it was the for not. The only thing that will tell me about who Matt James is, is who he chooses to be his partner. Okay. Okay. Then keep your eye on Rachel because I think that's the direction we're heading at this point. We'll see. I wish it's we were heading in the up. direction. We might be, but I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I've been wrong already on this on this time because I thought Mari was the front runner and I was dead wrong on that. So, Oh my goodness. That one go. caught us all off guard. Yeah. 
Um, once again, as always, if you have something to contribute, some ideas, some just some funny things you want to say, I always read them um, and I heart them on Instagram. I love it. Send it to us at you get a rose on Instagram, Facebook, you get a rose, or email us at hello at you get a rose.com. Instagram is always the best way to do it. Um, and you know what? If you want to invite your friends to like our page, we have a goal of trying to get a hundred more followers on our Instagram account this season, and we would love if you would help us out with that goal. Um, so mm-hmm. we can spread our message far right. and wide and uh, in this pool of Bachelor-adjacent shows. So thanks for listening, everybody. And we're super excited to talk more next week with MJ and Jasenia and whatever else drama comes our way. And we will talk to you then. I've been your host, Hannah W. And I've been your host, J. Ike Diggs. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. For more on the show, visit yougetarose.com. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at You Get a Rose. You Get a Rose is a podcast from My Talk 1071. Hear more great podcasts on MyTalk1071.com.